We are live. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. We will not be stopped. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to uh, the Men of Encouragement podcast. A little different format for today, but uh, that's all right. We are going to continue going forward. Um, I am your host, Brother Q, and I have our other host, Brother Dixon, who is here with us as always. We are glad to be here. Today is a beautiful day. Um, we are excited to talk with you as always because from one week to another, so many things transpire throughout the week um, that God moves. And we hope on the Men of Encouragement podcast that we are connecting with you. You know, men, this is, um, you know, this is a, uh, a way for us to, to try to connect with you in ways um, here virtually on social media. We're on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts as well. Um, but this is just an effort for us to connect with you and to share ourselves and to encourage you. Um, and, and just wanted to welcome you. If this is your first time, um, again, I'm Brother Q. And then um, Brother Dixon, how are you today, sir? Oh, man, you know, I had just mentioned to you earlier that, uh, you know, a little weary with this tax season going on. Oh, you yeah. Know, I do income tax preparing. So um, so I have all kind of wild, weird hours of um, getting up and, and doing work regarding taxes. So hopefully everybody get their taxes done. And you uh, try to do them yourself or you have a preparer. Um, but it's one of those things every year annually we all have to deal with, you know, you can't escape it, you know, it has to be done. So if you have income, even none with uh, income, you know, if you have any kind of source, you got you to gotta file taxes, you know, uh, the government want their share of whatever you do. <laughs> you know, they want, <laughs> and they don't trust you. A lot of times they will just go ahead on and take it from you every time you receive it. But others who have their own businesses and things like that, you have a little bit more leeway. And so now you have a, a game and a dance you can do with the government, trying to tell them what you have and what you don't have. And, and then, you know, that can generate some some audits and some other things that they don't believe you and they don't trust you, you know, but they want theirs. Right. They want theirs. Yeah. Caesar said, <laughs> give me minds. Even the Lord <laughs> told you to give me minds. <laughs> give Caesar what Caesar uh, requires. You know, um, this is a time for tax season. And I think that um, it's also a time to kind of reflect because when you, if you do get a chance to get any refund, um, I just encourage you to, um, you know, to pray before you spend, pray before you start making plans. I know sometimes we've got stuff um, planned in our minds of what we want to do when the money comes in. And between tax season and, and the uh, commercial Christmas season, um, there's a setback financially. I speak on this um, in my professional world because so many people are just struggling year by year just by these decisions around the tax refund and around the Christmas season. Yeah, so today we are um we wanted to we wanted to talk to you about and I'm having a little bit of challenges here, but uh today the conversation is uh, uh today the conversation is about imperfections. And um Brother Dixon, I want to tell you, God loves me, even a wretch like me. <laughs> you, you know where that song is from? Yeah, the wretch like me, you know, it, well, Amazing Grace. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, and last week, what did we talk about last week? Oh, two weeks ago. Yeah, two um, weeks ago. Two, what did we talk about two weeks ago? About uh, grace. Oh yeah, that's what grace, grace is. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what so, grace is. Him loving a wretch like us. Yeah, yeah. So and amazing grace. That's the amazing. That's what amazing grace is all about. So you just took the lyrics out of that, and you and you you're getting a couple different uh, podcasts off of it. Just yeah. that song by itself. <laughs> yeah, you know, and when I think about, um, you know, 
part of this was also to the reflection is, you know, is that God has uh, a perfect love and we are imperfected, you know, we're imperfect in so many ways. There are so many things that um, we struggle with, even as Christians, even as followers, you know, um, we struggle with, but, you know, this space, when we talk, it's, you know, we're reaching out to the men and want to encourage men. There's a, there's a burden that, that men have on, you know, being a man and um, what their idea of is, of is as a man. And I wanted to ask you, you know, from being a, a younger man or even a child to now, what, what, what has changed for you as far as your understanding of what being a man or, or manhood is? And I'm asking because a lot of men are also thinking that they've got to be some perfect being even to love God. But I just want to know, I mean, you are, um, you are the senior here. <laughs> so I wanted to give you some reflection about from young to old. How has that changed for you? Well, you know, whenever you ask a question for me, I always like to deal with uh, the genesis of where things come from. Because when you talk about imperfection, you have to talk, you have to start off with what is perfect. Right. What is perfection? And um, I always like to go back to the beginning. Um, you know, in the beginning, uh, when God said, let me make man in my own image and in my own likeness, let me make him male and female. So man is a man with a womb and a man without a womb. And so in his own image and his own likeness mean, means that God himself is perfect. And then we have to deal with what makes God perfect. Well, what makes God perfect, just to start off with, is he always is and always will be. He's eternal. <laughs> okay? So you can't get no more perfect than that. It's eternal. So what makes us imperfect <clears throat> is that we're not eternal. We're yeah. going to perish. We're going to die. And so when he made Adam, he made Adam perfect. He said, let me make man my own image, my own likeness. He made Adam perfect. And he told Adam that you can stay perfect. You can stay perfect. Right. But but there's a way that you can become imperfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a way you can become imperfect. Now, the way that he was made perfect, and we're going to be using this word, make being made perfect, when you become imperfect, but... Adam was made perfect because Adam had God in him. So with God being in him, he was perfect because he had eternal life in him. Therefore, he was going to live eternally and therefore he was perfect. God said, hey, if you do something that I tell you not to do, which means that you will have sinned, because to do something that I tell you not to do is sin. Right. And if you do something that I tell you not to do and you create sin, then I'm going to leave you. Mm. I, I am going to leave you. And when I leave you, two things are going to happen. Well, put it this way. Two deaths are going to happen mm. because he said you're going to die. So so now, now death now makes you imperfect. So now here's the two deaths. The two deaths are the first death was when he left him immediately. That meant that his spirit left him and therefore he is spiritually dead. So he became spiritually dead immediately. Right. And then the second death, and most people don't pay attention to it. Adam lived for 930 years, but he physically died after 930 years. And as a result of what Adam did, he made all of us the same way. <laughs> imperfect. <laughs> he made us all imperfect. Yeah. He made us all separated from God. Okay. And so God had a remedy. He made us all separated from God and then he made us all physically going to die. So we, we got both of them. We, we, we're born 
separated from God and we're physically going to die. Okay, so that's that's our imperfection. Now we'll get we'll get into behavior in a minute because right this don't have anything to do be, with behavior. This has to deal with a state. Right. We're right. in a state of imperfection. Mm. <laughs> okay, so so first of all, you know that's our status. So we're born spiritually dead. We're born separated from God, and we're born to die <laughs> physically. Okay, so now we gotta deal with what do we do in between. <laughs> and we'll be talking about a lot of those in-betweens today but god had a remedy though yeah. no sooner no sooner than than adam sinned god said okay i'm going to have to restore a man back to perfection yeah i'm going to have to restore a man back to perfection and the only way i can restore a man back to imperfection is by me because i am the only one who is perfect but I can't come myself. I have to send a part of me. And what I'm going to send is my word. So he sent the word in John 1:14, who became flesh and blood, who became a human, who lived and showed us a perfect life. And that if we receive that perfection, now we will have perfection in us. Now, let's deal with some anatomy here. Yeah. When God made Adam from the dirt, mm -hmm. he breathed. And, and, and the breath is the spirit, the Holy Spirit. He breathed into Adam his spirit. And so now Adam's spirit was joined with God's spirit. Yeah. No, but we're just talking about two spirits now because God's spirit is, that's God's spirit. <laughs> you right. know, that's why people have a problem with him because they can't see him. <laughs> but he gives you plenty of evidence that he is, you know, and that's, only, that's up to you to believe because he don't want you, you know, you have to walk by faith and not by sight. He say, don't get caught up in wanting to see me. You better believe me, you know, and then you'll see what I'll do if you believe me. So as a result, he breathed into his spirit so that he became a living being. Okay. Now, our soul is our mind, our will, our emotion, our thinking, our feeling, our choosing. So our thoughts, that's where our whole will, everybody's strong will, everyone make decisions and everyone have feelings. And then we know what our physical body is because everybody knows about the physical body. Okay. Well, when Adam sinned, he was spiritually dead, and now his mindset now is all about sinful, a, a sinful mind. You know, in fact, mankind was so sinful during that time period, the guy said, no, I got to start this all over again. So he got Noah to go ahead on and build a boat, and then he just, he, he killed everybody. And then he used <laughs> Noah's family to start the family all over again in the world. Yeah. Before we got to Jesus, who now, when we receive Jesus, now we receive him in our spirit. Our soul, which is our thinking, our feeling, and our choosing, has to be renewed. That's why Romans 12, 2 says that you need to renew your mind so that you can prove that acceptable, perfect yeah. will of God. Yeah. Because his word is perfect. So you renew your mind with the word, then you have to deal with that perfection. And then, of course, our body still is going to die and it will be resurrected to have a glorified body. And so when Jesus returns, we will have a perfect spirit, soul and body again. But we're talking about in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, in the meantime. So what I have learned is based upon that. And this is what drives people crazy because everybody wants to deal with behavior. Everybody wants to deal with behavior. Second uh, Corinthians 521 says that God made Jesus who knew no sin, who was perfect to become sin for us. He didn't exchange, you know, words. He, he, he knew no sin and he became sin. And he did that to make us right when we wasn't right. So he didn't exchange. And so now when we receive him, we have been made righteous, not based upon our behavior, not based upon what we do. I mean, Adam made us a sinner even before we sinned. When we was born, we was born a sinner. That's why we had to be born again. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because, you know, we was born a sinner. Right, right. And we didn't even do it. We, we, we didn't even have to do a sin before we became a sinner. So you're not a sinner because you sin. <laughs> Likewise, Jesus made us righteous. And he made us righteous without us doing anything right. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 now that blows everybody's mind because when they receive Jesus, they feel like, okay, I got to start doing all these things. I got to start behaving right. I got to start acting right. I got to start doing right and everything yeah. else like that. No, when you receive Jesus, you in your spirit, you're perfect in your spirit. That's why scripture said that you're perfect in Christ, not perfect in yourself. Yeah. You're perfect in Christ. So now Philippians 2.13 says, now you have to work out your salvation. You have to work it out. You have to work out what you have. But if you don't believe you have it and you're still working to try to get it, then you're going to be frustrated because you're going to fall short always of trying to be something that you cannot be that Jesus became for you. Yeah. Okay. And so now we can discuss all the frustrations that men have about not being connected to their source because 1 Corinthians uh, 11 and 3 says that God is the source of Jesus. Jesus is the source of man and man is the source of woman. And why are we the source? Because I mean, man is the source of woman because man came out of woman. Right. So that's her. That's so we're, we're her source. We have to be the source for her. We're not the head, meaning the body. We, that meaning the boss. We're not the boss of her. We're the source for her. It puts a different responsibility on the subject. You give it more context, too, because, you know, brothers be tripping yeah. about being the boss. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah they want to be the boss. No, no, no. You're the source and you're the responsible. You're, you're the source for love. You're the source for responsibility. Okay? You're responsible. God went to Adam and said, Adam, you're responsible. You know, Don't be I trying like, to blame me. Don't be I, trying to blame me. I like that because, you know, a lot of women like I need a man who's elite, you know, like they want no. some like some romanticized man of God. And what they should really be asking for is a responsible man. There Amen? you go. There you and go. And a responsible man to who? Not to himself. Right. To, to and, Jesus. Not, and not to, and not like devoted to her in such a. You know, people pleasing type of way. There you go. But a responsible to what? And this is what we're getting into about this manhood. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. are you men? Men, are you responsible to the father? There you, you go. Know what I mean? That's are your you, source. Yeah. Are you responsible? Because one of the things that happens, and I want to ask you a question because there's a lot of things that are out there, and mm -hmm. you know, you know, and there's a lot of things when I hear men talking, even grown men, brother Dixon, mm -hmm. I'm like you still believe some mess. You know what I mean? And so one of the things is talking to talking to men and just hearing, you know, just hearing them being yoked up, swolled up about, about manhood. You know what I mean? Doing it alone, doing it hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> doing, doing it to the death, you know? Like doing it uh, all day, you know? Just work, 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 work. Man, man, man. And then... At the same time, there's this like this image that even if you accomplish, right? Even if you accomplish and you willing yourself, you know what I mean? You ain't you ain't been responsible like going to the father to get your strength and going to the father thanking him for the blessings. There's this other part that I want to hear what you have to say that there's this idea about this alpha male, right? Mm -hmm. And when I hear that, it has to me, like there is some way that a man is to be in such a, um, like for me, I have a hard time because, you know, the scripture says God is the alpha, right? Mm -hmm. And the omega. And I look at those things and I'm thinking men have sort of a chip on their shoulder, but they've also, because um, I'm, I'm a man, uh, we've been programmed. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been programmed to think that we got to do it ourselves. And it's one of those things between trying to, you know, do right. You know, you talk about the behavior, trying to do right and try to achieve these things so that you can be validated by a woman, right? By the earth, you know, by the world, rather than um, seeking your validation in the relationship, you know, the connection, you know, with the father. What mm -hmm. do you have to say about, 
these terms that are used for men because it, it feels like men are trying to be superheroes. These terms like alpha, like alpha male, and there's alpha women now too. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Because it sounds like perfection. Well, once again, you know, when, whenever I get a question asked, you know, like that or any kind of question, you know, you go, it goes back to the source. Okay, where, where's the source that took place for that mindset to develop? Okay, versus the source of God and his word and what he says about the subject. Because if, if God, who has spoken about every single thing, has a perspective and opinion about something, and, 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 and what everyone else is thinking about doesn't line up with that, then we have to deal with, okay, where did that source come from? <laughs> right. Because to me, there's only two sources. There is a godly source and an ungodly source. <laughs> <laughs> said simply <laughs> yes there's a godly and ungodly source and so we have to keep in mind that adam sinned because of not on his own you know he he was taken advantage of first of all by his his, his wife and then his wife was taken advantage of by satan and so satan john 10 and 10 says he comes to steal kill and destroy so part of what you're talking about is that something that's involved with stealing, killing, and destroying? Or the second part of that scripture is Jesus said, but I came to give you life and I came to give it to you more abundantly. So now you got to be able to determine is what you're involved with abundant life or is it involved with destruction, you know, if it's stealing and killing Scarcity. the subject and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. And because better keep in mind the ruler of this world, the person that stole the world from Adam and Eve was Satan. So we're under the control of his Satan's influence. Yeah. So now all the things that are going on in this world is under the influence of Satan. Now, when we see Jesus, we're no longer citizens of this world. We're supposed to be citizens of the kingdom. So we supposed to have changed, you know, uniforms. You know, but oftentimes, you know, we get caught looking like we still playing, you know, in, in this world. Yeah, we got that reversible jersey on. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know, so but one of the things, one of the scriptures that came up in my mind when you start talking about this is, you know, I do boys to men yeah. and I do and I do girls to women. And the scripture that I use to start those ministries is found in First Corinthians 13, verse 11. And it says. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood or I reasoned as a child, but when I became a man or a woman, I put away childish things. Now, that scripture does not mean that you have that you will achieve manhood or you will achieve womanhood. It means that you are going to be a work in progress. Amen. OK, because it say when you became a man, well, scripture says that there's only one man, the man, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we're all working to become like Christ, both men and women. It goes back to the beginning when God said, let us make man in our image and our own likeness. They were that way in the beginning and then they lost being that way when they sinned. And so now we are supposed to be working our way back to that again. And that's why we're a work in progress. And so we need the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to be like Christ. And so now that's a willingness that we have to be willing to. We have to want to. That has to be a want to. We have to have a desire to. You know, we got to do like Jesus said in the garden. Not my will, but your will, Father. You know, because we're fighting with our will versus his will and our desires versus his desire. We want to see we do what we want to do. See, people want see when they come up. And get those tickle, tickling ears about those type of things, subjects about being alpha, this and that, everything. That's because that's something that they, they really want to do. <laughs> they want to be God. Yeah, they want to be. They want to be God without God, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so we laughing. So I want to just make this clear. Like we, it's laughing because we can relate. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. We can relate. Like that. Don't get it twisted. It's not laughing at you. I'm hopefully laughing with you. Mm -hmm. um, 
I want to ask you something because life is no joke, man. Like, so we talking about being born into sin, being of sin in a world of sin, sin, such a dirty word too. Like I'm trying to find another way to say it because when you say it, it turned people off that don't even believe in God. Like they, they hear that and it's like piercing. But I also think about shame and condemnation, how they kind of go together with sin. And so I, I think about how we can get stuck in your imperfections, right? All your wrongs, all the failures. You can get stuck wrestling with these things in the meantime, as we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. right? We get stuck with all these things and, um, you know, being a man of God, being a man, being a father, right? You're on the job and you're trying to, you know, um, move the needle, you know, as far as income, right? You've got all these races that you're running and everybody isn't winning. You know what I mean? In terms mm -hmm. relative to the world. And so in the meantime, like you can take account for all the things that you're not, right? Like you, what you helped to be when you were younger versus where you are today can haunt you. Mm -hmm. you're, you're wrestling with the imperfection between then your transgressions, whether or not you were somebody who was imprisoned, um, infidelity. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I live in the financial world. Your finances are not in order, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also thinking about child support. There mm -hmm. are things that, you know, loss of loved ones, mm -hmm. right? Mama's not here. Don't have my dad. Or you could be, you know, you could be born into this world without either one of them. And so there's these things that we see ourselves in. We can get stuck in always looking and comparing ourselves to our imperfections, our human imperfections. And so to me, you know, one of my, my words of encouragement is, um, is to really know who you are, right? Because our identity is found in Christ. In Christ, and, yes. And the scripture, you know the coordinates, but it says, my strength is made perfect in, weakness. in your weaknesses. In weakness. Yeah. So when you are imperfect, right, your body is a certain kind of way, you got this scar, you got a gap in your tooth, you know what I mean? Like, whatever that thing is, right? You got freckles, just whatever whatever that if it's a disability whatever that it is god faith in god first thing jesus christ perfects you because what it does it allows for you to have a confidence in spite of your imperfections well because you know what you're saying you know you know what you're saying is so powerful because the mo what 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 satan did himself Yes. What Satan did himself was to declare his independence from God. Yeah. Okay. Satan declared his independence from God and he got, you know, the rest of his gang to declare their independence from God also. Then he went to Adam and Eve and he got them to declare their independence from God. Today, every single one of us, I don't care what human being that's born, have all suffered some kind of traumatic experience. Everybody got a story. You, you can just go around and listen to everybody's story. Everybody can tell you their story about the trauma. And, we, and, and we'll just keep it with the men right now because most men, every man has experienced some kind of traumatic experience. Okay? And they are where they are today based upon that traumatic experience and how they handled it, managed it, or overcame it. I repeat, how they managed it, you know, how they were able to deal with it or how they were able to overcome it, okay? And it goes back to whether or not you are declaring your independence from God or do you declare a dependence upon him? Because if you declare your dependence upon him, you surrender, you put your hands up, you say, hey, I can't do this. I need you. I need your help. You know, and it doesn't matter where you are when you get to that point. I don't care what you have done. 
in your past and what you have done wrong, what kind of father you have been or not have been, what kind of man you have been or not have been, what kind of uh, uh, um, relationships you have had, or you know whether good, bad, or ugly, whether you have your finances in order, do you don't have your, I don't care where you are in life. Once you declare your dependence upon God, now you have said, God, I am going to turn it all over to you. I am going to trust you to work through me to go in the direction that you want me to go versus me going in the direction that I've been in because I already see which way that's going to take me. I want to go in a new direction starting right now, but I can't get caught up in, you know, the past of my shame, guilt, and condemnation because that's the devil who wants to paralyze you to stay in the situation that you're in. He does not want you to move forward. He wants you to stay in that 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 rut that you're in so that you will not move forward and that you will be paralyzed. God can take you right where you are. It doesn't matter where what you've done. You know, no different than a thief on the cross. A thief on the cross had done a whole lot of stuff, was getting ready to die. And, you know, he said, you know, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus said, well, right now, at this very moment, you're going to be with me in paradise. I'll remember you. There you go, you know. And so God would do the same thing for you too. But you got to believe and you got to trust. You got to trust them. And it's a lot of times people don't believe him and trust them because they want to see. You got to walk by faith and not by sight. People want to see. see. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. See, that's that's how most people want to deal with. They want to deal with what I believe when God don't work that way. Well, he works with you having to believe before you see. And, you know, and another thing is they'll watch you. You know what I mean? They, they see you, you talk about God, you do all these different things for the kingdom. And so they watch you and see what's going on in your life. You How's go. your life going? You go. Because if you love God and God is real, then why aren't you a millionaire? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why, you know, why are you, why are you still struggling if God is so good? Right. And, um, you know, I thought about something else when you spoke about the trauma, you know, with men, men and women are are experiencing similar traumas. Mm-hmm. Like some of the most graphic traumas that um, we talk, that are talked about. Um, one of the differences with men is that some of, some things that we've been traumatized have been glorified. Yes, yes. And so- right. But that's so, worldly though, that's coming from the world. Yeah, so we dealing with that though, right? So, um, so some of the things men that we boast about and have um, kind of patted each other on the back or found our identity in certain things. A lot of it is sexualized, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, there are men who it's perverted that, you know, God made sex to be the way that he wanted to be. And then man turned around and perverted it. But, that, but that's basically what perverted it by, by, by the devil. Yeah. He, he, he takes everything that's good and he perverts it and makes it bad. Yeah. And so that, so that, even that part right there is really like, you know, immature in your life. Because one of those things that you were saying earlier, when I thought as a child, I did childish things. Mm-hmm. It's not all of a sudden, just because you get older. You stop right? doing childish things. Because you stop doing childish <laughs> things. It's, it's really lived experiences. You know yeah. what I mean? It's lived experiences. And so um, do the inventory to find out what are the things that you are you know, that you are claiming as your identity, as accomplishments, right? Outside, like, what are you, what are you doing? What have you done with your life? You know what I mean? And look at what you're doing and really look at, and you got to get to know the word and know who God is and see how, what you think is good and how it aligns up mm-hmm. what God thinks is good. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this because fellas, we are praising one another about a lot of things, the way we dress, the way we look, you know, how many women you know, money, these things, right? And even in that, it is holding us back from perfection in Christ. And some of these things are hurting us. You're being, you're still being traumatized by the belief that these things were okay, right? And so one of the things also is too, is looking at, you're gonna have mistakes. I wanted to have a conversation about you are imperfect. There is nothing about you. I don't care what you look like, how much money you make, 
um, how many books you've read, Scott, how, how, how educated you are, you're still imperfect, right? And so none of those things that you've done, all the things that you've done, even if the people that are around you do not forgive you, that you, you've done things that, that are unforgivable to, to folks and they are having a hard time. None of it is too big and too much for the perfect love of God. Mm-hmm. And and the only way that you can really get how this really tastes, you know, it's kind of like there are people here that are from different cultures and backgrounds, and they'll, they'll order seasons and ingredients from other country, their country, right? So they can right. put it here so you can have it the way that they had it from long ago or when the way grandma used to make it. The only way you can get that, the only way that you can get to see how it really tastes is you got to spend some time with God. Amen. You got to have a relationship. You got to read the word and you really got to get out of listening to what everybody else is saying. What is the Holy Spirit saying? What is God saying? Like everything that you heard about the church isn't everything about God. When I say everything about the church is a lot of people. There's a lot of things. You have histories. We talked about these on previous shows, things that you've been through. All of those things are not of God, but you don't know what you don't know until you have a relationship and you actually read. And then on top of that, when you surrender your ways and you surrender the way that you think and the way the way that you have been holding back with fear, when you start surrendering those things of yourself, there's this little door that opens up. And I don't know, like if I was in Chicago one summer, man, with my family for a family reunion, if you ever been in some place, man, where it is humid, bro, and then mm-hmm. everywhere you go, it is humid. Mm-hmm. That one, the moments when the wind just blows, I was in Chicago and the wind just blow and it was such a chill, that feels good. Mm-hmm. So when you start surrendering yourself and you start like, oh, I want to change my ways. Like, I know I'm good, but I could be gooder. I said that before. That little breeze comes through and it feel good. And it's the reason why I'm here. It's the reason mm-hmm. why if you see me at church, I might be crying. Mm-hmm. I'll have mm-hmm. my hands up and doing all kinds of things Amen. because God is good. Amen. But in that heat, in that humid, and all the things that you might be doing, that you might be struggling and wrestling with, God will pierce your heart. He'll pierce your situation. But it's in our continuing to seek after him, seeking after him, seeking after him. Well, what you're bringing up makes me think about a very important thing for all of us. And it comes down to what are we thinking about? Mm. What's on your mind? (laughs) <laughs> what, 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 what are you thinking about? Amen. You know, in fact, do you even think about What's what you're mind? thinking about? Okay. Do you think about what you're thinking about? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And it goes your heart thing. So now you, you're letting things get into your heart. And things get into your heart by where your mind and what you're thinking about. You have to guard your heart by guarding your mind. And so what have you allowed to go into your mind that has now gotten into your heart that causes you to think the way that you think? And so that's why the Bible says you need to renew your mind. You need to change your mind from the way you think to the way God thinks. And you can't do that if you don't have God's word. And then you need to make sure that you interpret the word correctly and understand the word. And so that's where you need some teaching and you need some understanding. You need some guidance. And so but you have to put time in because it's a personal relationship. You cannot have a personal relationship with God without having a personal relationship with his word. They're one and the same. You know, you can't know him and not know his word. And so if you're not putting in, if if a priority is not for you to want to change your life by being involved with him, then you'll continue to keep doing what you keep on doing and you won't get anything differently. See, it's called insanity. You know, if you keep on doing the same thing that you keep on doing and expect different results, that's insane. You have to change. God wants us all to change. He wants us all to grow. He says in 2 Peter 3.18, grow. In the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. He wants us to grow to become more like Christ. He don't want us to stay still. He don't want us to stay stuck. The devil's job is want us to stay stuck and stay still. He wants to paralyze us. He wants us to stay in paralysis. He does not want us to grow. He wants us to stay stuck. He wants to stay depressed. He wants us to be down. He wants us to be condemned. You know, that's 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 demonic. That's not 
that's not a abundant life. God wants us to have an abundant life, and he, we have to do it through him. That's the reason why he says that we are the branch. Yeah. Okay, he is divine. So we have to go through him to bear fruit. We can't bear no fruit on our own. A, a, a branch cannot by itself bear no fruit. It has to be attached to the vine. So he wants us to be attached to him. And so to be attached to him, you're attached to his word. And then that would lead God and direct how you think and what you do. But because the devil has a whole lot of distractions, a whole lot of gimmicks going on, deceptions and a whole lot of things going on. And he uses people. You know, the devil don't come up to you in, 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 in devil form. It's everybody who's around you. And circumstances. Yeah. Circumstances and situations. Circumstance, situation. And once again, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, though. We have plenty of people who are under the influence by that. I always ask people, how do you know when you're under the influence of, death, of, of, of Satan? Now, most people won't even stop and think, well, I'm not under the influence of Satan. Well, Never to been. say that, to say that you're under the influence of Satan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. To say that, you know, so you have to keep at because he, he he's very sneaky, crafty, the deceptive, and he's a liar. The biggest thing that goes on in this world is lies. And the devil is incapable of telling the truth. God is incapable of lying. So who you going to go with? Who you yeah. going to go with? You know, there's so many lies. How do you know the truth? How do you know what's true? How do you know what you even believe and think about yourself, whether it's the truth or not? Is that how God sees you? Or is that how you see you? Or that's how other people see you? That part. That part. You know, how do you see you? How do other people see you? How does the world see you? And is that the same way God sees you? Yeah. And are you going to believe how God sees you? Or are you going to believe all those other people? Self, world, and Satan. See, let's just pause for a second because there, <laughs> there's a lot that's been said right now. And I'm thinking about the younger generation. You know, I'm really thinking about the youth. And I'm thinking about the parents who have young children. It is... It is critical that we as parents know who we are, you know, understand what God says about you as a parent, because you cannot facilitate um, and minister or lead your kid out of this dark world without you having the light in you. And Amen. so if you, you know, if you are not, and this is something that, you know, people judge pastors and priests all the time, you know, how they are inconsistent. But there's oftentimes as parents, They're imperfect parent, too. They, they look at, we look at our kids and we tell them all the things that they should do and all these things that says applies to them. And if we go to work and we go out to our own life and we're not doing the same things, and I'm speaking to the fact that our children are being impressed upon in, in a way that we've never, in a precedent way that we've never seen before for ourselves because of so much media. Yeah, the technology. the technology, right? Constantly, you know, constantly showing them these images and ideals of things. And so they're finding themselves, their identity in what people think, right? And um, and the algorithms and rather knowing who God is. And so I just think it's really a good part for us to just realize that this is good for us, what we're talking about, but this is really important that our children get it mm -hmm. because they are in those stages of being defining, you know, being defined about who they are. The very beginning, the foundation is being laid down and it can't be about how they look. It can't be about what, you know, their relationships, you know, their temp these temporary relationships when you're in junior high and high school or whatever it might be. Um, you know, one thing you spoke of that I, I want to speak to that also will um, feed on you. So sin is such a crazy word, but it does all these different things. So if you can, if you can't let understand, let me give you another word. Yeah. Let me huh? give you a word. Let me give. Let me give you another word. Yeah. You know when you sin. Yeah. Okay. I said it earlier, and you probably you know you'll remember, but now you'll see how it relates. There's only two things: godly, oh, yeah, godly. and ungodly. Okay. <laughs> right. So sin is ungodly. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, Very plain. So now, do you do do? So now it comes down to a perspective. Do people know what ungodliness versus what godliness is? So I, I call it godliness and ungodliness. So now, let me give you a quick definition of godliness and ungodliness. Godliness is having regard for God. Ungodliness is having no regard for God. <laughs> and do you regard God? Or do you do. disregard God? Well, yeah. And so so to that point as well is I look at um, being godly isn't meaning that you are being perfect. No. It's having, right? It means so, that you have regard so that, for God. So just, that means that you have regard for God. I mean, you're struggling with what you're struggling with, but you're doing it with having regard for God. <laughs> That makes it God. That's the part that keeps you on the right side of his will. There you right? go. There on you the go. right side of his will is knowing like, I'm, you know, I don't have to do all these things in a certain particular order in order to be perfect, right? Or to be godly. To be godly is to put God first, right? And to trust God, right? And I was thinking about something earlier was when you were speaking about trust, I'm like, Trust God, trust God. This sounds so like just just sounds like something that's just said. And I'm like, you know, we got this idea of show me God, then I'll trust you, God. <laughs> and and I'm like, once you if you hear this right now and you are on Spotify and you are YouTube, wherever you watch this, Facebook, close your eyes and think about. Trusting God in the sense of if you really want to know God, you have to let go of whatever you think. You have to be, you have to have all of your trust and faith in the super God that we have. It is not on your terms. <laughs> so the terms that you have about who God should be or what you've seen on TV and all this other stuff. You have to throw all of those things out and you have to be able to be willing to surrender to know God. And what I do know, what I do know is that we all go through things. And we're still like have gone through some things and still dealing with the saved and unsaved. Yeah. Whether you saved or not, it says those who live godly yeah. will suffer persecution. Yeah, yeah. And that and that persecution is um is the clinging a trial to your of your faith it's a trial of your faith well and i but so i want to say this i want to say that i i believe also too is that you we have had transgressions and we had even gone to god about a particular thing but we have not been released from it right so a lot of things that we are are struggling with in our faith to be able to to trust god is because we're still um clinging on to to the trauma and to the transgressions that are in our life and those things are things that are should be leading us to our faith to a deeper faith with christ but they're also these things that i feel like we need to make sure that we don't allow for these things to rule and and direct and guide our lives because they can they will shape your thinking they will um create your boundaries for how how much you know you are um fearful about certain things, anxieties that you have, right? These are things that we have to be willing to relinquish, to identify them and know that you, if you have them or not, right, still, because you're not perfect, right? But know that- but See, you said the scripture earlier. You said that his grace yeah. has been made perfect yeah. in your weakness. You know, Paul said, hey, I had a thorn. Yeah, my and side. you didn't take it away. And God said, I'm gonna let it stay there. So it goes back to what you're talking about. You okay, yeah. it's not gonna be removed. Yeah, it's yeah. not gonna be removed. He won't remove it, you know. And he says that my grace is sufficient. Yeah. So yeah. you have to trust me that there's a purpose for me allowing you to go through this. Okay. When it's in my will, you're going through what you're going through, it's a perfect. You know, it's, it's a purpose for you going through this. And my grace will allow you and enable you to be strong as you're in this weak state. 
But you got to go head on and surrender, like you said, and be weak. You have to be humble. In other words, you have to be humble. You have to be in a humbling state. God will exalt you. He will raise you up if you're down. Yeah. But if you want to go ahead and try to be all the way up there, you'll <laughs> get brought down. <laughs> you'll be brought down. So so one way or the other, you need to be looking up. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, another thing, too, is those thing that can entrap us is our worries. There's like these little subtle fears um, and also our associations to people. Um, we've got, people. we've been talking about, we've been talking about what's on your mind, right? Um, the things that you might be burdened with, you might not even understand yet because you haven't done the work yet, mm-hmm. but also what you are associating yourself with. This is not like a, just like this religious thing. It's about this oneness. It's about getting whole, right? It's mm-hmm. like when you feel yourself like being uneasy, right? You know, quick tempered, you know, not easy to forgive and let go, right? Being resentful. You know, there's some there's some attributes and characteristics that we still are glorifying today, thinking that these things are cool, but no, it's showing a sign that you're not okay, right? So to, to me, I, I think about the associations that you have, and it's not just to people, it could be to relationships with things, right? Your relationship, even with how you see yourself physically, your relationship with alcohol, your poor relationship with your credit, right? Your relationships with people in general, like how are they going? Are you making your, your relationship with your cell phone? Yeah, the relationship with your phone. There's <laughs> so there's some things that so there's some relationships and the association with them that you need them. You know what I mean? That you gotta have these things. They, you know, you don't even understand the attachment that you have to certain things. Um, and these are just things. And then you have the things that we hear, the things that we watch, right? And they're perpetuating ideas and thoughts in your head that are really not congruent with what you need because you you're you're on a path, you know, you're on a path, you're on a path of healing, right? You're on a path. If you breathe in today and you made it to today, today is another day in your journey to be healed and to be able to grow so you can get to that point where he said, When I was a child, I thought as a child, and I did childish things. You're on the journey, right? And so, what are you associating to? What are the relationships? Think about your money, right? Think about stuff. Like, are you lusting for things on Amazon? Are you shop a shopaholic, right? And I'm not saying anything is wrong with being able to get things, but just look at your heart. What are you doing to cope? You know what I mean? There's a lot of ways that we're coping with things and it's trying to cope to mask our imperfections, right? The imperfections are okay if we are bringing those things to God, if we are, in spite of however you might feel, that you do it by faith. I said it last the last time we met. I said sometimes you're gonna have to do it messy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's sometimes it's like I'm a little bit short here and over here. I don't even know, but you know I'm gonna trust God. It ain't gonna be about you. I'm gonna forgive you because I need God. I'm not even worried about you, boss, wife, husband, ex-husband, child, whatever the situation might be. Right? You do it with your trust and faith. God, if you are, you really are God, I'm doing this for you. And I want to see, I want to please you. And I want to see you with everything though. Right. Don't just bring them the big stuff, bring them everything. Right. And see life starts to change. Again, I talked about when you start doing this, there's a little part of you that starts to change, starts to change. And then that cool breeze come in, the cool breeze of the Holy spirit come in. <laughs> The cool breeze, it feel good. Yeah, yeah. It feel, it feel good. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing like it. You know what I mean? There ain't even a friendship. There ain't no sex or nothing that'll make you feel as good as God can make you feel. He designed us. He knows what makes us feel good. Amen. He knows exactly Amen. what you need. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. So, 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 fellas, I'm sitting here to just. We're gonna be wrapping up, but I'm thinking, you ain't perfect. Let go of these ideas of manhood that you have and that the world has portrayed for us in movies rap songs, love songs, you know what I mean? You ain't going to have it together all the time. Let go of those ideas and spend some time learning about who God is and what he says about you and your manliness and what he wants from you and how he sees you, your imperfect self and how he loves and adores us. 
loves and adores us. Yes. Well, I had a good conversation with someone the other day, and we and I brought up um, Solomon. And, uh, you know, we read a little bit of Ecclesiastics. And they learned real quick after going through Ecclesiastes that Solomon said that everything is meaningless. You know, anything you can bring up, it don't mean nothing. You know, he said because he said the rich man and the poor man going to end up the same. He said the dumb man and the smart man going to end up the same. He said that when you make a whole bunch of money, you're going to leave it to somebody else who ain't going to care about it. You know, he went on and on and on. And then he said that, hey, I got I have had 700 wives and 300 concubines. I had more women than anybody they had. So fellas who want to think they're going to have women, you ain't have no more, more women than Solomon. <laughs> yeah. OK. And then it said that Solomon was the smartest man ever. He wrote the book of Proverbs. So he was smart. He had women. And then he built a temple for God and then built himself a nice temple next next door to it. He had a crib. So he had the, the most serious crib of any man to ever live. OK. And then he could eat and drink and be married, you know, be married. You know, he had access to all the drugs and all of the uh, all of the entertainment. I mean, there, there is nobody greater than Solomon. OK, they said that he's the richest man because he had gold. They say he, he's the richest man who ever lived. There would never be anyone richer. And they say he's the wisest man to ever live. And there would ne never be anyone wiser. And we're talking about all on earth because we know in heaven someone's greater. But on earth. And so you get to the end of Ecclesiastics where he's saying all of this is going on. And he's saying that everything is meaningless and everything like that. He said we're all going to die. That's why I was telling you about it. in the meantime. So Solomon said in the meantime. See, this is what he said. He said, since we all going to end up the same, he said, whether you're rich or poor, dumb or smart, you know, whether you have issues versus you don't have issues, we're going to all end up in the same place. He said, so now how should you live? He said, you should live since you're going to end up in the same place. You should live your life trying to get heaven to come to earth while you going to get to heaven because see some people say i'm going to heaven and then they want to wait till they get to heaven and they don't want to try to get heaven with them on earth <laughs> while yeah. you're living you know you can have heaven right here with you because heaven is in you because jesus is in you he is from heaven so he said you need to live your life being considerate of god we having regards for god and what he says about everything that's basically what Solomon says. He said, you need to live your life dealing with what does God have to say about it versus what everybody else has to say about it. It's, Solomon did it all. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, the, interest, the interesting thing about Solomon, too, is to, you know, to have the anointing of knowing better. <laughs> he, he had the anointing of knowing right from wrong. And, and God warned him. And he still, and he still did what oh. he wanted to do. Yep. And, and it's interesting to grow and to see reading Solomon's um, letters to his, to his sons who were messy <laughs> themselves. Um, just to see him in his knowing that when I thought like a child, I did childish things. And now, you know, my older age, I know better. And he's pouring out to us in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Oh, yes, oh, yes, he's yes. pouring out to us to tell us, you know, <laughs> I did it all, y'all. Like, trust me. You know what I mean? Like, trust me. Like, you ain't going to be happy, you know, chasing chasing the booty. You know what I mean? You ain't going to be happy no matter how much money you got because I got it all, right? The drugs and things like that. He says, he says you're going to do it, do it, but it's, it's meaningless, right? <laughs> You know, and, and if you think that you got to have this and you got to have this, you got to eat this type of food and you got to smoke this type of thing and, and that makes you good, like you got yourself fooled. You know what I mean? You got yourself fooled because at the end of the day, this man did everything. <laughs> and you look at the celebrities that are in our world that we have. They, they got all these different things, but yet we got Robin Williams, right, who took his life. And, all, and, and, and what Solomon leaves us with, with all of these things being mean, is he leaves us with, the relationship with the father, like surrender <laughs> your hearts, surrender your heart. Like none of these things are going to satisfy you, you know, 
And I and I just say to you know to anyone, especially to my brothers that are watching this, um, will you, will you put down your pride and try God? Like, how about you go after the same things you're trying to go after in life? Put God in front of it. God may change some things though. You know what I mean? He may he might he might change your approach to some things. But how about you try it and see what's happening? You know. And one of the things that um, I want to encourage us all is take time to reflect. If you don't know God yet, or if you kind of know him, or you kind of think, or you kind of on the fence, like just start reflecting how things been going. You know, just start reflecting. God has been, God is already there. He's been there the whole time. Mm -hmm. You start reflecting, you know, how are things going? How did this go? How did you feel after those things? Remember the time when you start doing that, you start going through the processes in your heart and your mind, you start feeling these things. You're going to start thinking to yourself, it got to be a guy because because it ain't been and I ain't been so well since. And it's, you don't want to wait till your older age to be like, ah, I mean, thank God when you do, if that is. But why not today? You know, why not let it be today that you put all the foolish things aside, these temporary fixes aside? You know what I mean? These things that got you looking over your shoulders like aside. You know, why not? Like, why not try it? Why not try to see? I heard Dion Williams say, or Dion, uh, <laughs> Dion Sanders say this. I got a friend named Dion. Shout out to Dion. God bless you, brother. Um, Dion Sanders was like, you know, one of the reasons why brothers don't pull up. I mean, I and I double. Not, I won't even. Ah, I told brothers to reach out to brother Dixon, <laughs> right? We've got men's ministry. We're going to be having our men's breakfast on April 29th. It is a place for brothers just come, eat, fellowship, and hopefully be encouraged, just like we're doing here. But one of the things that is a challenge that I see for us as men is being able to um, be willing to pay the cost, to have the relationship, to have what God has for you, holy. God's a perfect guy. He ain't like, he ain't trying to be your friend like that. He ain't trying to let, let you be you know, he don't want you to be um, in, you know, in a situation that is going to doom your life, right? Going to be setting you up for unsuccess, right? Um, so Dion was talking about there's this cost. And I started thinking there is a cost. And are you willing, right? To me, that's manning up to me. I'm willing. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to let go of whatever whatever you think, whatever you've been doing, whatever the past is, are you willing to let go so that you can have, have it abundantly and not on your, not by your own will, because by your own will, you go, you get a little bit. God got, he, he give you the whole world. So by taking that time, reflecting, you'll see that God is there and being able to start thinking about a life with God versus a life without God. And if the life with God, the promises that he's given us is that these are rich promises. Like, why would you want to live without the promises of God than to try to do the same thing, right? Without the promises, then to do it with. He says, I can do all things. All things. In your world, there's not a God. There's no one. There's no nothing that's already been done to fight the battle, to fight the battles that you can't even see. He says, I can do all things. Why would you not want that? He says, you trust in the Lord and I'm showing up. I'll open doors that you didn't even, I'll make myself visible to you. Why would you want anything? Why would you want to have it without? That's the choice you're making. But the cost is you can't be the punk that you used to be. That person has to die, he said. Has to die. Die to self. But I'm telling you, brothers, God got a good thing for you, for you and your family. And you can't lead, as we've said, we can't lead if we're headless. So that's all. I, so that's so that's what that's what we'll come back to many many times because we got to walk it ourselves. But God loves you, and there's nothing about you. Don't believe the hype. There's nothing about you that is too much for God. Amen. It's nothing about you. Amen. Um, we're going to wrap. 
the uh, men's breakfast. I don't know if you can uh, put that on the screen. Uh, we have um, we have a men's breakfast on April 29th um, at the Mount Olivet West Campus, uh, inviting all of you that are in the Portland metro area. Um, I definitely want to just thank you all for um, tuning in. Many of you have been coming in and out today. We appreciate you for tuning in and following us on Instagram. Um, we have an Instagram page. So we appreciate you uh, following us on Instagram and also on YouTube. Please subscribe. All these things are free. <laughs> you don't have to pay anything to subscribe if you have access to this. Um, what it does, it just helps us to be able to just grow this platform. And then, you know, at the end of the day, um, we pray that that this is touching your hearts. This is encouraging. We are just a couple of men. There's other men. And maybe it's you, you know, who are men of encouragement. Um, but we're just a couple of men who want to encourage you and, you know, invite you to um, continue to stay plugged in as we continue to grow this platform, grow the podcast, uh, to reach out to you. But again, this is um, just from our hearts to yours, just to both just lift each other up, uh, to edify one another, but also to give, you know, the glory and the praise and honor to our Father in heaven. Brother Dixon, any last words before we bounce out? Yeah, just want to remind everybody, April 29th, um, um, the breakfast, the men's breakfast, uh, our, our guest speaker is going to be Michael Holton. And um, the, the topic is around uh, being recruited. Um, the question is, uh, who are you being recruited by? You know, I mean, don't act like you're not being recruited. You know, one of the things that Brother Q just talked about that made me think about the questions that I always have for men is, have you been or are you being fooled, tricked, or deceived? Okay, because you know the devil, that's what he does. He wants to fool you, trick you, and deceive you. Are you living in deception? Are you being fooled? Are you being tricked? And have you ever been fooled, tricked, or deceived? You know, for someone to say that they've never been fooled, tricked, or deceived, you're in deception. And so that means then how can you trust you? And that's why, you know, Brother Q is saying that you need to trust in the Lord because he's not trying to fool you, trick you or deceive you. He wants what's best for you. OK, he wants what's best for you. The devil does not want what's best for you. <laughs> God wants what's best for you. He loves you and he wants what's best for you. So April 29th, you know, we're going to be dealing with um that being recruited, you know, what influences you and what's got your attention and what got you heavily involved in it? What are you coveting, you know, that uh, that you feel is so so much more important than God. And so we, we will be spending time with that and have some fellowship with other brothers, you know, like minded and who are going through the same things that we're going through. Everybody's going through it. Everybody's fighting the battle. And so we just need to share with one another how how we can help one another get through it. And so look forward to seeing all you guys there. Amen. Yeah. And this is a continuation of our man talk. So men, bring your sons, bring a friend, bring a coworker, bring a neighbor, bring a brother, bring a cousin um, and just come through. It's going to be a good time. We'll be doing this a couple of times this year in person. Um, look forward to seeing look forward to seeing you guys in and we'll see you guys in a, in a couple of weeks. God bless you guys and have a great, great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye, you guys.